Hi everyone, and welcome to Traditional Medicine with Shaman Flora. I'm your host, Jimena Garcia. This show is all about understanding yourself through plant medicine, as well as providing education and knowledge around this topic. I hope you guys love listening to this episode as much I enjoy recording it. Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Traditional Medicine with Shaman Flora. Today is a day that I have chosen to spoke about a medicine that I love very much. I'm still working in the relationship with this medicine. She looks at me every single day from that wall and she's extremely powerful, very loving. Some of you will know her as grandmother and her name is Ayahuasca. Yeah, we made it. We're finally talking about Ayahuasca. I take deep breath because I feel there's such a level of responsibility that comes with speaking of this medicine because it has become so mainstream in the world the name of ayahuasca is rippling more and more and more every single day and it's good because that is her purpose is to share herself with the world so then she can actually fulfill her purpose on this planet and i also think that it's our responsibility to educate ourselves and learn about this ancient medicines and traditions that we know nothing about. Would it be wonderful if we did and if it was taught to us by our ancestors? But there is so much shame and taboo towards those medicines back in the times of colonization that all of that information got lost. And, you know, we can go into different reasons why that happened, but that's not the reason why we're here. So some of you may ask or may know, what's ayahuasca? A lot of people say that is a brew that is a combination of two plants, the vine, ayahuasca, and then the leaf of the tree or the bush of the chacruna. Some other people will say it's a drug, it's an hallucinogeno, I can only say that in Spanish. And some people say that is medicine. So with all that being said, I'm going to read to you what she says she is. There is a book that if any of you that are listening to my podcast are interested in getting, you can reach out to me through social media and request for a copy. Uh, it's a book that someone wrote uh, with no name. It was someone after doing an ayahuasca ceremony this information was given to this individual. We don't know who this person is. 
and he wrote an ayahuasca manifesto. If you guys had the opportunity to read this, or you guys haven't never had the opportunity to read this, I highly encourage you to. It speaks of ayahuasca in first person. So she is sharing how she feels, who she is. She introduced herself and she explains to us who is she and her purpose. So I figured that it will be only fitting that I share who she is from her perspective. Here it is. I am the spirit of spirits. I operate from a vibration superior to the spirit who composed me. I am of hierarchies superior to that of the spirit of ayahuasca. Beni stereospis capi, that's the scientific name for the vine, and of the underestimated chacruna, that the scientific name is psychotria viridis. I am the medicine resulting from the mixture of ayahuasca and chacruna, also, they give me the name of one of them. My sacred magic does not come from either of one of them. My magic resides in the synergy created by the sacred mixture. So that is what ayahuasca is. It's a spirit that is combined of two plants and it makes ayahuasca. So now that we know what ayahuasca is, then the next question should be, okay, so how do we make ayahuasca? So the way ayahuasca is made is you wake up very early in the morning before the sunrise and you go and pick the chakrunas. The chakrunas need to be picked before, before the sunrise because that's when the, um, the DMT is the most potent. And then we seek for the vine, ayahuasca. It grows in trees and it wraps around the tree like a snake. And then we go find it and we mapacho the plant. We ask for permission from both of them and we cut it. And then after collecting the leaves and then getting the vine, then we go to a section in the jungle when the medicine is cooked in like a really, really big pot. You start a fire. And while somebody's starting the fire, then you sit on the ground with the vines. You cut them about this height or this wide. And then you put it on a rock or something really hard. And then with a really big hammer, you start smashing the skin of the vine. So then you can access the inside of the vine that it looks like hairs. And then after you have a skin, the vine, and then have the inside of it, then you feel the pot with sections of the vine. So you like put a one on top of the other and you put the sections, and then after that, you put the chakruna, then you put the vine, the chakruna, the vine, the chakruna, until you fill it all the way to the top, and you leave it just with vine on the top, and then you add water, 
And then we boil, you, we boil this for about eight hours. So it takes an entire day to make one brew. <laughs> okay. And I don't know, I, I don't have the numbers right now of how much ayahuasca and chacruna is required to make like a liter of it. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, as I mentioned earlier, this market is expanding. And one of the biggest challenges that these medicines are having is that there is not enough ayahuasca to feed the amount of people that want to work with it. Let that sink in. There is not enough ayahuasca to feed the amount of people that want to consume it. And why is this so important? Because not only we humans go after animals and then make them extinct, now we're going after plants <laughs> and making them extinct. There are five different types of ayahuasca, five different types, and there is only one that is actually accessible to us. The rest of them are becoming extinct. So it's really important that we start becoming conscious of our consumerism because there are certain things in life that are not unlimited and it's super important as we work with these medicines to not only respect them, but work with it with consciousness. So now the next question that I would like to answer is who should work with this medicine? Who should make use of it? And that is an answer that I will say, whomever doesn't have any contraindications. <laughs> and you're going to say, Jimena, what are contraindications to ayahuasca? There are some contraindications. Um, one of them that is very common is people um, that are currently taking any SSRs or antidepressants. I'm not saying that they should, they should not use it. They definitely can, but they need to get out of the medicine. And for those of you that are listening and fall in this category, my invitation to you is to talk to your doctor or the person that is prescribing you the medicines, let them know of your intention and have them help you go through that process. So then you can actually consume the medicine in a safely manner. Um, so who well, people, um, that, have bipolar disorders also is a little bit challenging to do that um, because of what could happen in the medicine. But let's go back into who should use it. And I will say those people that are ready to create a massive change in their lives, those who want to uh, heal themselves of their traumas or want to remember experiences that they have forgotten that in some way, shape or form is threatening to their life or their creativity. Those who wants to create musicians, artists, um, business people, honestly, is, is a medicine that for the person that is ready to experience a higher level of consciousness for yourself, this is the medicine for you. I was reading in the Ayahuasca Manifesto and Ayahuasca was giving thanks to those doctors that gave themselves the permission to 
explore the medicine in a scientific way way and learn from it and she said something so beautiful that the scientists not only discover the power of ayahuasca but they also learn how to watch themselves through the medicine where they came from a world that they were taught to watch others so when you work with this medicine you have an opportunity to regain understanding or your subconscious mind. And that may sound scary for some people because sometimes we don't know what it resides there. But I think it's much more scary when we are not able to have a choice to live our lives. And we live in automatic. That, my friends, I think is much scarier. Because that's how we end up hurting ourselves. That's how we end up having cancer and diabetes and um, psychological problems because we don't have choice. And we live in automatic. And these medicines, what they do is they break our reality. They bring a sense of understanding and consciousness that sometimes when we see the truth, it hurts. But damn, how much freedom it gives us. And isn't that what we want? To be free? To be able to have the power of free will? Wasn't that a promise that it was given to us as human beings? And yet we listen and follow and do things that takes that away from us. So what these medicines do, they actually give us back that free will that we have the right to. Isn't that beautiful? So now, who serves this medicine? We know them. We know them as shamans. We know them as maestros. We know them as taitas. Um, there are so many different names that are used in different traditions to call those that serve the medicine. And I'm not going to go deep into this topic. I will have an episode dedicated to shamans, maestros, and, and kind of speak more into that topic. Uh, but they are the people that were taught how to communicate with the medicine, how to navigate the medicine. I get a lot of clients that come to me that want to take on this career and they ask me how long it takes. How long do you guys think it takes to learn how to serve a very powerful psychedelic jungle plant? <laughs> it takes years. It takes a minimum of like four to five years to actually start working with it at that level. And even then, I know Shapivos that the student that has been working with the medicine for four years will support the teacher in ceremonies and still will not dare to serve the medicine because it takes so much understanding 
of navigating the fields of ayahuasca to be able to serve and navigate a crowd of people with the medicine. Because this person is not only the person that serves you the medicine, this is the driver of your ceremony. This is the person that with their ikaros, with their cantos, with their songs, it takes you on that journey. And when you are stuck in a place that you don't understand, that is the person that will come and help you. If for some reason you can't see, you don't seem to like be able to, because it could happen. So these are the people that work with the medicine. And for those of you that ever want to sit with the medicine and want to know, okay, how do I know um, who should I work with? There are some questions that you can ask. You can ask them, um, where did they go and did their studies? And how long did it take to do their studies? And how many master plans they sat with before they were able to serve the medicine and um, how long they lived in the jungle and how many times they have sat with the medicine. So these like a few questions that you can ask. You can also ask them, how do they make the medicine? How long does it take the medicine to make? You can ask them at what time they pick up the medicine. So as you ask these questions, then you will start getting sense of who you're working with. Because let me tell you, if I ask someone, where do you get the medicine? And they tell me they get it from Etsy. I'm not sitting with that person. I guarantee you that. <laughs> don't do it. Um, and I don't mean any harm or anything. It's just that when it comes to this work, I'm the type of individual that thinks not only of the safety of the medicine, but also of the safety of the maestro and the person that is consuming the medicine. So I mean it with all the love in my heart. And now the last question that I will address in this episode, and then I will promise you guys that I will make a section two, is what happens before, during, and after an ayahuasca ceremony? And what happens before an ayahuasca ceremony is the day of your ayahuasca ceremony, at least in Shaman Flora, what we do is we give you breakfast like any other day. We give you lunch at noon. That will be your last meal. And then that day, uh, what we'll do between breakfast and lunch is you will need to go through an intention setting. And in my previous episodes, I explained to you guys what intentions are. So I'm just going to touch a little bit on it, but I'm not going to go deep. And we will be spending time or you should be spending time with your facilitator. Uh, and your facilitator is not the same as the maestro. The facilitator will be the person that will help the maestro and the people that are consuming the medicine to move when needed. And the facilitator usually in the Shapivo culture, um, they don't consume medicine. They're completely sober and they're there to support you. So they will be the person that will talk to you and they will investigate and dive deep into why do you want to sit with the medicine? Once that happens, then you will 
usually go back to your room or whatever you are, kind of digest what you discover in your intention, prepare yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually to consume the medicine. And then at night, um, in Shaman Flora, we start a ceremony at seven o'clock. We blow um, seashells to call our um, our people, and they come in. They will all. They everybody lines up in front of the maloka. The maloka is the building where the ceremonies are held, and then everybody gets mapacho, um, cleansed with mapacho, sacred tobacco of the jungle, to cleanse them and ground them, so they enter into the maloka with a clean energy and everybody sits in a circle as soon as you walk into the doors of the maloka the same thing that you see in front of you is the maestra aka the shaman and there will be candles and there is like places around the maloka against the wall and then that will be this the the beginning of getting into the space once in you are in the space your facilitator should give you a breakdown of what to expect what will be the process what are we going to do in that everybody gets as much and in peru we use palo santo so they will get everybody will get palo santo everything will get cleansed and then the maestra will call people and uh from her left side all the way to the right, basically. So basically, since we're opening the ceremony, we go that way. Everybody drinks, and then the last person to drink is the maestra. Once the maestra drinks the medicine, then we blow out the candles, because that's what we have in the space, candles. We blow out the candles, and in the in the Shapiva style, during the ceremony, the first 20, 30 minutes are in deep silence. You're sitting with the medicine in silence, in darkness, and everybody's waiting for the medicine to let herself to be known. And how do we know that the medicine has entered the space? We know that the medicine has entered the space when people start purging. Um, either throwing up or crying. Sometimes it doesn't happen. So then is when the maestra feels it. But as soon as we feel that the medicine is in the fields, then the maestra will start singing Icarus. So during the ceremony, you would could be experiencing purging. Um, you could be experiencing... Um, a gamma of things. I'm not going to go into the details because every single person has a different experience, but the master will be singing Icaros. The facilitators will be watching over you and it will be like going to, for some people could be like going into um, an amusement park and then experiencing a lot of things for some people could be absolutely nothing. Some people sometimes fall asleep. Um, there is a variation of the things that could happen. Uh, the ceremony sometimes um, can go between five to eight hours, depending of how the medicine wants to work with you. And then around midnight or one, we close ceremony and then we all go to sleep. At Shaman Flora, 
we make sure that everybody sleeps in the same room. So we stay in the Maloka just in case the medicine decides to show up later that night. Can it happen? Yes, it can't. Because at the end of the day, the medicine decides when she's done <laughs> with you. Uh, it has happened to me. It has happened to people. So we want to make sure that people have a lifeline if they need it in the middle of the night. And then the next day we wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning and then we all share with the maestra what happened during our ceremony and there is like a really nice debrief about the experience and after we do the debrief and the maestra shares her comments and her experiences and invites guests to take action on something or to be introspected about something, then we go and have breakfast. And during that day is all about integration. And the way integration looks like is very one-to-one -one basis. Some people want to sleep, some people want to ride, some people want to dance. Every single person responds to a post-ceremony a post very differently. So in terms of that, it will be tailored to you or it should be tailored to you depending on where you are. So that's usually the process of what happens before, during, and after. With all of that being said... And I appreciate all of you guys listening and sharing the space with me today to speak about such an incredible topic. <sighs> Taking deep breath because I feel very passionate about it. I want to invite you after this episode to think about what got you to this today. Of all the episodes that you could have listened today, this is the episode that you decided to listen about ayahuasca. And I say to my clients, medicines call us. We don't call the medicine. Actually, no, scratch that. We do call the medicines, but we call the medicines because they're calling us. It's like, you know, when you call somebody and they're like, oh my God, I was about to call you. And it's like, yeah, I call you with, I called you with my mind. And then the other person is like, what if I call you in my mind? <laughs> so think about if this is a calling from ayahuasca to you to start considering, understanding and getting to know this medicine. I'm going to recommend you to read the Cosmic Serpent by Jeremy Narby is an incredible book about ayahuasca and it speaks from a scientific point of view and how ayahuasca has certain effect in our DNA, like it can actually rewrite it in ways that absolutely nothing can uh, because she has access to certain depth to the molecular level that absolutely nothing else has. So that is a great read. And thank you so much for joining today. This was really, really fun. I'm excited to do a second part of it. So then we can talk more about what are the different names of ayahuasca and what is her purpose on this planet and what else is there for us to learn. 
Have a wonderful rest of your day or beautiful beginning of your day. And then I'll see you all on our next episode. Thank you so much. So much gratitude and many blessings to you for listening to today's podcast. Please subscribe to the show and tune into our next episode every Wednesday. You can find us on Instagram or join us, our Facebook group at Rainforest Healing Center. And lastly, please rate and review the show on our Apple podcast. This is the best way you can support us so we can get the show to more people just like you that want to learn about plant medicine.